Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The New Orleans Saints went all in yet again this season on Thursday night. The chips did not fall in their favor. Also, the Steelers might finish under 500 for the first time under Mike Tomlin. Plus, who is the NFL MVP? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. You know the New Orleans Saints are always going to go all in. They did again this season. Derek Carr, the big offseason acquisition. On Thursday night, they had a chance to make it worth it in a huge matchup with NFC playoff implications. The LA Rams at SoFi Stadium, they get a 30-22 win over the New Orleans Saints who fall to 7-8 and eight, now looking up at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South standings. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints is at SoFi. He joins me now. And Ross, this is a a Saints team who have been on a roller coaster ride so far this season. They're down on Thursday night. Where did this one go wrong? Oh, gosh. Where do I start? So let's start with the offense. Um, This New Orleans Saints offense, again, comes out flat early on. They have the ability to be able to move the ball, but an inability once they get beyond the 50-yard line to be able to punch it in. And again, they end up in a big-time deficit, 30-7 to at one point, not being able to put points on the board. This, this game ended with the Saints scoring 22 points, but this is a classic tale of a score that's much closer than the game actually was. The New Orleans yeah. Saints didn't deserve 22 points in this one. They didn't deserve to lose by only eight points. And for this one to be a single score uh, loss, they deserve to lose by 30 to seven. The offense wasn't able to get things going. And again, with the defense, it's been the same story all season. Um, I discipline. And when you're playing up against Sean McVay and that Los Angeles Rams offense, the eyes have to be disciplined and tackling or lack thereof when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. Those three things, not being able to put points on the board, not being able to tackle, not being able to maintain your own discipline over on the defensive side, you're not going to win games that way. Yeah, and it took 15 fourth quarter points for the aesthetics of this one to look like they did. It also took an incredible catch from A.T. Perry. With a defender draped all over him, the rookie made an unbelievable catch in this one. Could be something to build on, certainly for the the New Orleans Saints moving forward here. So, So, Ross, what is the path for the Saints here in the final three weeks of the season as they look forward to trying to salvage right now what is a seven and eight team? Yeah, you know, look, the Saints had control of their own destiny they no longer have that control they're going to need some help they need to hope that this weekend the Tampa Buccaneers fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars that's going to make a win and you're in situation for the New Orleans Saints very hard to feel confident about that though they should have continuously done this string together a couple of wins and then fall flat on their face for a couple of losses and so they've got a big time matchup against the Tampa Buccaneers coming up in week 17 that could be for a playoff spot the Atlanta Falcons right after that so two big divisional games to wrap it all up but those Tampa Bay Buccaneers put a whooping on the New Orleans Saints early on this season they were dealing with injuries then they're dealing with injuries now it's hard to be confident about the team's path moving forward but there is still a path for them to not only get to the playoffs Peter but win the division somehow the NFC South we knew was going to end up like this where like gross 
eight and nine, nine and eight, ten and seven was probably going to be yep. the winner here. Uh, doesn't that add pressure then to Dennis Allen in his situation, his circumstance to say, if you can't win the division when nine and eight might win it, when are you going to win the division? Yeah, I think that that's got to be a huge question mark. This New Orleans Saints organization cannot be afraid to ask over the course of the offseason. I get the idea of continuity. I get the idea of maintaining cohesion and all those things. But at this point, what are you maintaining, right? Like it made sense yeah. to do the whole cohesion and continuity thing back from 2006 through 2020 when you had Drew Brees and Sean Payton and you were maintaining excellence. You're not maintaining excellence anymore. So far, the only thing that you'd be maintaining moving forward is mediocrity until it gets proven otherwise. These last two games might not even be the right measure in terms of what is mediocrity versus excellence, but it's very, very hard for me to see a world in which the New Orleans Saints are 100% confident, even at this point, that they're ready to continue to move forward with things as a status quo based on what they've shown in 2022 and 2023. Yeah, if we're going to really extend the L.A. metaphor, the, the Saints right now feel like the big-time show, they put a lot of money into the show, they brought in someone that they thought could carry it, and it turns out that actor cannot carry a big time show. They've got yep. they've got a little bit of of runway here to try and make it all work, but the, the the margin is now much slimmer than we thought it would be. Ross, appreciate the time. Of course, stay up to date all year on the New Orleans Saints by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Saints on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Steelers are desperately trying to avoid finish under 500. But first, Yashinobu is a Los Angeles Dodger. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been waiting, if you've been thinking, if you've been wondering about joining FanDuel. What are you waiting for? The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payouts. The Saturday afternoon matchup between the Bengals and the Steelers currently has Pittsburgh as two and a half point favorites. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. Vandal, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Los Angeles Dodgers have signed yet another marquee free agent, this time Yoshinobu Yamamoto, to a 12-year contract, $325 million. It, it is just monopoly money at this point. Yamamoto was a five-year all-star in Japan and won the Triple Crown the past three years in a row. The Dodgers also signed Shohei Otani less than two weeks ago for $700 million over a billion that is billion with a b over a billion dollars in contracts over the past two weeks on two players wonder how much this one is actually worth what is the future of the florida state seminoles well there will be a meeting very soon to discuss it 
It was announced yesterday that on Friday morning, there will be a special session for the Florida State Board of Trustees. The expectation is this meeting will focus on the long-term future of Seminoles Athletics, which could include changing the conference they play in. Seminoles went 13-0 this season and won the ACC, but missed the college football playoff partially because of their schedule. This is the first time an undefeated Power 5 conference champion missed the college football playoff. The Minnesota Vikings announced that they will be making the switch from slit film turf to artificial turf beginning with the 2024 NFL season. The decision comes after a study showed that slit film turf has the highest rate of lower extremity non-contact injuries. The hope is that more teams will make the change to artificial turf long term and the NFL Players Union would actually rather see everyone be playing on grass. The Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh just can't stay out of trouble. Earlier this season, there was, of course, the Connor Stallion sign-stealing scandal. Now the NCAA has notified Michigan that Harbaugh faces level one violations for not cooperating or for misleading NCAA investigators while the university faces four level two violations, which are, as you might have guessed, less severe. Jim Harbaugh will do the thing that every college coach under these kinds of investigations does. He'll jump to the NFL. He'll make a great Bears coach. The Detroit Pistons are approaching history this season for all the wrong reasons. The Pistons lost their 25th straight game on Thursday night after losing 119-111 to the Utah Jazz and are now just one loss away from tying the NBA single season losing record. The Pistons face the Nets on both Saturday and Tuesday nights. Here is another story you need to know. Vontez Perfect not going to be on the field in this one, but it is still a grudge <laughs> match between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals as both teams try and position themselves in the AFC playoff race. And all of a sudden, we are running out of games for that to happen. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers joins me now. And, and Chris, uh, the problem for Pittsburgh is their backup quarterback has not been as good as the Cincinnati Bengals backup quarterback how do they split the difference in this one? How do they try and make up some ground here? They got to they got to win their final two of their final three games, and two of the and one of those games needs to be the Bengals game because the Steelers, like you said, they're up against it in the AFC. It's just a thick wild card race when you look at the standings over the here. Two seeds, here man. It's it's exactly it, it is it is ridiculous right now, and the Steelers. It's so crazy. Three weeks ago, they had back-to-back home games against two two-win teams, and they were seven and four. Everyone's thinking, "Oh, they win those two games. They're tied with the Ravens. They're going to be pushing for the one seed." Man, they have fallen flat on their face, losing three straight during that path. They went from a clear hold of the five seed with a chance to jump up into into a division leader to now they're the tenth seed in the AFC playoffs. They're seven and seven and they have work to do. They have to hope to get some help mm. from the Browns to beat down the Texans at who are eight and six. They have to hope that the Colts lose, lose a couple games now because they lost to the Colts. But the big thing, they have to beat the Bengals. If they lose to the Bengals, they're still technically in the race, but their percentages dropped to like less than five. So they need to win this game and then at least win one more game for a chance at the playoffs. So it's a dire situation. Bengals also in dire straits. If they win this game, they still have a 50 50 shot. But if they lose this game, they drop to less than like 12%. I just want you to answer me this as honestly as you can, Chris. Okay. 
did Mike Tomlin install Mason Rudolph as the quarterback for a Christmas weekend game specifically <laughs> for the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer memes? Did, is, I, I just like, be honest, please. <laughs> I actually made this joke. I listen, I, I if anyone follows me on, on Twitter at Carter Critiques, I Yoshi bonk people for bad jokes. And I warn people, all Rudolph jokes will get you Yoshi bonked on Twitter on Saturday night if you're tweeting out Mason Rudolph jokes two days before Christmas. Uh, li listen, part of this is because Mitch Trubisky was just that bad. And they tried he, to give him every so chance. Bad. Oh, Peter, like, like, listen, the Patriots game, that's a tough defense on a short week and a lot of bad, and the offense had already been bad. That was tough to ask, but the Colts game was inexcusable. And so yeah. that's why Mason Rudolph's going in there because they're like, look, Mitch, we didn't try. Mitch looked defeated. If you could have seen his face after the, after the Colts game, it was just, it was just like, Hey man, I'm trying my best and it just ain't enough. So Mason Rudolph, he'll go in uh, and it doesn't need to just be him. The run game has to be better. The offensive line hasn't been blocking well. Um, and they need they need somebody to step on offense as a leader, even if they're not a super playmaker. But they need a voice to be like, hey, not this week. This week we're getting it done. A at least to get one game. You get that one win, you can you can then refocus, circle the wagons, and say, okay, let's get focused and, and finish strong. But they've just been they they've just been sliding and sliding ever since that Cardinals loss, and uh, they they need to stop it. Or Mike Tomlin will have his first ever losing season in what 16, 17 years. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and speaking of Mike Tomlin, I'm so glad you brought him up because all of a sudden this week, you started to hear the whispers like, yep. I don't know, is it is it time for this just to, to move into a different phase? And it seems like the pressure for the first time in really a long time, Chris, is on Mike Tomlin to perform in a way that we just haven't seen over the course of his tenure in Pittsburgh, really since Ben Roethlisberger was around. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that they've the, the the Steelers have been up against the wall before where they've been in a position where a season can completely unravel and they'd have a losing season and they'd fall completely apart and every time in under Mike Tomlin's tenure they have responded to at least get to 8 and 8, 9 and 7, 9 and 8 ar around there and sometimes even to like 11 and 5. You go back to like 2016 when they rallied yeah. that year to fin to finish strong. That was supposed to happen after the Cardinals game and after the Patriots game. But now you're talking about three straight losses, and that's a and that's a big problem. Now, I'll say this. I personally, as a person who covers the Steelers, watches the Steelers, and, and, and talks to people around the organization, I don't think he's necessarily on the hot seat right now. I think even if they were to lose out this year, he has one more year left on his contract. I think the, I think the Roonies respect him for all the things, and they recognize, listen – Pittsburgh is down to their sixth safety. Like everyone's dealing with injuries, but legitimately Patrick Peterson moved from corner to safety and they brought a guy off special teams to play safety next to him because Minka Fitzpatrick, Demonte KZ, Keanu Neal, uh, Elijah Riley, and Trenton Thompson are all probably not, are, four of them are not going to play this game. One of them might play if he's lucky. So they are up against it. Uh, right now at the safety position and they recognize like hey there's a lot of injuries to go around right now for, for the Steelers so and, and Mike Tomlin you're allowed one bad year if he doesn't follow up next year that'll be the statement and I think what's going to happen is at the end of the season you're going to see a cleaning house of all the under coaches all the position coaches and coordinators and they're going to revamp with that and if they don't see progress next year then Mike Tomlin will, might, might be out of town. But I, I think this, uh, the, the rumblings have been there for a lot of people in Pittsburgh. There's a lot of people in Pittsburgh that have wanted Mike Tomlin gone for over a decade. Ever since he lost the Super Bowl to the Packers, they think, oh, he's he's terrible. He's a terrible coach. The Steelers are smart enough to recognize that, like, hey, 
this guy does a great job preparing the team. We haven't had the best talent at times, and that, and that's been the, kind of the result. But uh, but without Mike Tomlin, this team probably would have seen a four, a couple four, six win seasons over the past four or five years with the with the talent level that they had. So I think regardless of how this game plays in the next two games, Mike Tomlin will be back next year. But especially if they fall apart and they lose out and they have a losing season at the end of this season, next year will be the year where he needs to prove it or else. Stay up to date all year on the Pittsburgh Steelers by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Steelers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson. Who is the NFL MVP? The Baltimore Ravens are 11-3 and the number one seed in the AFC. The San Francisco 49ers are 11-3 and the number one seed in the NFC. The two teams will face off on Christmas Day on Monday Night Football in a game that can decide who the best team in the NFL is. Well, until the Super Bowl, of course. But it could also be the key in deciding who the MVP will be this season. What what makes Lamar Jackson the MVP of the league this year? Well, here's my thing with it, Brian. I think when you talk about the three words, right, most valuable player and what that means, I think when you look at the award as it has been perceived whether it's in national media or whatnot, you look at the box score stats, right? And in passing yards and passing touchdowns, obviously Brock Purdy has that advantage and it's not really close, right? He's he's had that. But my thing is teams that throw the football more versus teams that throw the football less, obviously the teams that throw it more are going to have more passing yards. And I'm not trying to take away from anything that Brock has done this season. I actually am a very big Brock Purdy guy. But I think with the 49ers roster, I think all the questions in the offseason – where we know this roster is insane. The 49ers roster is deep everywhere, but can they just get the quarterback? If they can get the quarterback right, that guy can take them to where they need to go. With Lamar, I think if you take him off of the Ravens versus if you take Brock off of the 49ers, I think there is a steeper drop-off, a much steeper drop-off if you take Lamar off of the Ravens. And I think the Ravens did a pretty good job of surrounding Lamar. They brought in Zay Flowers and Noah Beckham. But I think when you talk about most valuable player, I've been saying it for years now. It's not only this year. I think Lamar is the most valuable player in the league in terms of what the ceiling and floor is when he's on the team versus when the ceiling and floor is when he's off the field or off the team. So to me, I think that you also have to look at eye test. You also have to look at the value of that player. There are a bunch of things that go into it, but I think what's going to really matter is the head-to-head record. We saw it in the NBA last year, right? Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid. Embiid beats Jokic in Philly and then doesn't play in Denver. I think that had a really big impact on the award. So if Lamar beats Brock or Brock beats Lamar, I think for me, that's probably the guy that's going to win it because both guys are having great seasons. But I think in, in different ways, it doesn't take away what either's done. But I think that my, my reasoning for being team Lamar is I just think he is the most valuable player in the league when you break down what the phrase means. It's a bad year for the MVP. Any year that a quarterback produces like Brock Purdy produces, has resulted in an MVP campaign. And Lamar Jackson is, by a lot of the metrics that history says decides the MVP race, is not on par with the top guys. So where does that leave us? It leaves us wondering why Brock Purdy is producing the way that he is when Jimmy Garoppolo, who seemed to be a fine shepherd for the Shanahan offense, Never produced like Brock Purdy. In fact, Brock Purdy is producing like he's Aaron Rodgers in his prime, even though anytime we watch, we look at the play and we go, 
well, he's not doing the things that Aaron Rodgers did. He's not doing the things that Patrick Mahomes can do or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, for that matter. But this 49ers team is unstoppable, and they're unstoppable in large part because of Brock Purdy, because he's operating this offense at such a high level. I don't think Brock Purdy is the MVP. I don't think he is the most valuable player in the NFL. That's not always the same thing. But in this case, it's definitely not the same thing. The problem is Patrick Mahomes, that Chiefs team, they don't look like the Patrick Mahomes teams that we've seen win Super Bowls and Patrick Mahomes win MVPs. So that leaves us in a situation where this is just not a good MVP season, where whoever wins the MVP, we're going to go, that's a weird MVP. Did they really deserve to win that MVP? If you go back to 2015, when Cam Newton was unbelievable, Cam Newton, ironically, is the case for Lamar Jackson, not Cam Newton's season. But when we look at this season and you go, who was the story of that season? Right now, it's hard to argue that it's not Brock Purdy, even though anyone who has watched the NFL goes, that's not the best quarterback in the NFL, much less the most viable player. Sometimes that stuff doesn't matter. And finally, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Four-star defensive end Armando Blunt committed tomorrow to Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes on September the 14th. On October 22nd, he flipped from Miami to the undefeated Florida State Seminoles and Mike Norvell. On Wednesday, Blunt once again flipped Florida State to, you guessed it, the Miami Hurricanes. This is, this is the college athletic world we live in now. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today with just two weeks left in the NFL season and limited playoff spots, who's in and who's out? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.